0: Biz coach. Hey there, welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher podcast for the week. I hope you're doing great. I am going to keep my intro fairly short because it's really raining, and uh, when you live in an old house with a tin roof, <laughs> it's bloody noisy. So a couple of things before the interview. I've got another interview for you uh, this week, a uh, conversation with the fabulous Brett Larkin, and I'll read you her bio in a sec, but um, it's a gr- it's a great conversation. I think you're really going to enjoy it. And, again, so refreshing and really, um, you know, powerful to talk to somebody. Um, obviously, you know, Brett, she's a pioneer in what she does. She's a leader, but and also just so refreshing to talk to somebody who's got a a powerful opinion and likes to have a a great chat. So I hope you enjoy that. Two things before we launch into it though. The first one is um, make sure that you're signed up for the Insta Reels training happening this week. Uh, So Insta Reels, it's essentially the Zucks take a takeover of TikTok. <laughs> New functionality available on Instagram. If you don't know how to use it, uh or if you're really good at it, um, come and help me teach everybody else. So that's gonna happen at 6 a.m. Why did I think that was a good idea? On Thursday, Melbourne, Old time. Um uh yeah the link is in the episode notes is free. Um you know it's gonna be nerdy and stupid and fun. So come hang out for that. The other thing I've been thinking about this, and I enjoy very much the occasional interview. I know we had Jenny last week, Fab, and Brett this week. But I, there's a couple of podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts, folks. I'm a, I'm a, I, I really consume a lot of audio content. And some of the ones that I love a lot are conversational. Um, if you're wondering, I can't get enough strange country and can't get enough zealot. There you go, there's a little insight. Uh, love it. So I was thinking, you know what, maybe we should try doing some of those on the Abundant Yoga Teacher podcast because, like those two examples, I prattle on for 45 minutes, except it's all by myself. And that gets a bit yawn. And I thought, well, you know, what about people who like listening to the podcast? What if we just chatted about, like, nerdy yoga stuff? That was the dog sniffing. Sorry about that. I don't know. What do you think? If you uh, if you think it might be an interesting idea or if you also consume podcasts of a chatty nature uh, and you want to come and chat with me online, DM me on Insta. it be fun. I don't know. Let's find out. All right. Here we go. So. The fabulous Brett Larkin is the founder of her award-winning YouTube channel. Go find it and subscribe. The woman has bajillions of videos and subscribers. Uh, Her uplifted online yoga teacher trainings. I talked to her a lot about this in the interview because um, she wouldn't say this, but I will. Brett was a bit of a fuck the system girl uh, when she got going online. And I love that. Uh, a highly successful entrepreneur and a sought-after business consultant. She's got some great tips to, um, yeah, like some inspiration-y stuff and also some nitty-gritty get-this-done stuff. So uh, it was fun to talk to her, and I really hope that you enjoy our conversation. All right, enough from me and the rain and the sniffing dog. Get yourself signed up to the Reels InstaReels training. The link is in the episode notes. And if you want to just get on my podcast chat about whatever's, DM me at Amy Yoga Bizcoach. Could you stop sighing? Okay, Hi. so uh, welcome, Brett. Uh, it's lovely to have you joining me as a special guest on the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. Thanks. I'm so happy to be here. We have. Uh, we, I don't have guests very often, so it's a delight when I um, get to have one, but also when I get to have such a, a well-regarded you know, yoga leader come chat with us. Lots of people talk to me about you, you know. Oh, hopefully good things. <laughs> all good things. All good things. Hey, for people who don't know you yet or very well, beyond your bio basics, tell us a little bit about you and, and uh, you know, you, yoga and yoga teaching.
1: Sure. So I embraced online yoga very early, which is, uh, you know, <laughs> strange to think about now in, in the current climate we're in. So I started my YouTube channel in 2012. Uh, Or around somewhere around there. And then I started putting, I was one of the first people actually to put a full 200 hour teacher training online in 2015. And then after that, I did a 300 hour online. And then I just released a brand new Kundalini 200 hour online. So I was always really drawn to the online space. In addition to YouTube and the teacher trainings, I also have a membership site Mm -hmm. with mobile app, which is really geared towards serious practitioners of yoga. So people who are really developing a consistent at home practice and want to go deeper. They want to go into the chakras and the eight limbs and all those kinds of things. And that's called the uplifted community. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me. And I'm, you know, talking to you from beautiful Washington state in the Pacific Northwest of America. So, (laughs)
0: um, uh, okay, I was going to go down a sidetrack about um, Bhagwan Rajneesh, but I won't. Let's stay on point. Uh, okay, so 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 many things I want to ask you about. Um, and I guess what, one thing that jumps out to me is that, well, I'm curious to know because you have been in the online realm for so long, it, there's so much talk about pivoting right now, you know, like who made the pivot and did you pivot fast enough and I've taken my yoga online and you've been there for eight years. Um, and probably then some what, what I'm just interested about your what you're seeing in the industry right right now or, or definitely in the past couple of months with this sort of scramble to get online you've obviously built yourself such an incredibly strong and compelling foundation just curious on your thoughts about watching what other folks are doing as they make this rapid move to online
1: It's been such an interesting, fascinating time. I mean, to be honest, Amy, like I didn't know how all of this was going to play out and affect my products and services (laughs) either. You know, (laughs) like when when this all first hit, we were expecting a downturn. We thought the economy was going to take a huge hit. So it's just... I think I, I share that because it's like even if you've been online for eight years, this uh, past couple of months has been nothing but destabilizing. As we've also been pivoting to try to actually, it turns out, meet increased demand, and um, yeah. things are exponentially growing. But that's not what I thought would happen originally. So I think whether you're brand new or you've been in the industry forever, like we all just feel like we're re- like riding a roller coaster right now. Um, I think you know when when everyone first started coming online, it was. Um, So interesting because I'd open my phone for uh, going on Instagram and I'd see (laughs) every yoga teacher I've ever known my entire life live on um, IGT, like, you know, doing lives on Instagram. And it was actually so cool because it was for a lot of these people, it was people who I talked about, you know, how they should start doing more social media and start going live. And, you know, they never did, or, you know, they always put it on the back burner and suddenly all of them were doing it. So that to me was really exciting. And I actually got to reconnect with a bunch of teachers that I loved from New York. And all of a sudden they're, you know, all offering online. So, uh, it's definitely, I mean, I'm sure you might have more specific questions. So let me hand it back over to you. (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, one thing that I can't go past, because I, you know, because you are such a leader in this space, I, uh, it's a, it would be very generous, generous of you to sort of um, extrapolate it on a little. You said just now that like so many of us, me included, you were anticipating, well, this might look like a downturn in my business. Yet, in fact, there's been a surge. I'm curious, how did you sit with the, you know, that sort of, I don't want to call it fear, but with the Knowing that something on the horizon might be coming that you didn't like, what sort of tools and techniques for people who still might be in that uncertain place about, oh, this might go bad for me, because it's not easy to Mm. sit in that energy.
1: It's not. And I still go there myself sometimes. I mean, it's like, what's the industry going to look like next year or two years from now when all the big players are online? Uh, So, you know, I think we need to. I always come back to, you know, one of the Kundalini teachings that I love, which is about the positive, the negative, and the neutral mind. And, you know, just understanding the power of the negative mind and why it's so valuable. It's designed to protect us, it's designed to help us think strategically, but it's not a place where we want to stay. Mm. Um, and then the positive mind has this power of projection and excitement, you know, all the wonderful things that can be. But I know my positive mind tends to be like overly optimistic, altruistic, <laughs> excessive risk taker, my husband would definitely say. <laughs> so, you know, just trying to shift back into that neutral place. I mean, for me, it always comes back down to my practice. I have a very serious daily yoga practice and mm. that's really what's anchoring me. It's a non-negotiable in my life. It's allowing me to feel centered as I teach pretty much daily. I'm teaching, um, you know, sometimes three trainings a day, you know, virtually right now. Mm. So it's time to go to some of those meditative practices would be Mm. what I suggest for others and really just see and notice your thoughts, you know, what's positive, what's negative, the value in both, and then shifting into that neutral third eye, uh, Expansive place where you really have a broad vision of like everything that's going on, but you're not, none of it's like owning you, making you feel like a victim or like you
0: can't control your circumstances. I love that. Super, super powerful. I, and I'm wondering about um, the, the so, okay, so we know that for people who are sort of in that energy, we have the tools as yoga teachers to be able to shift that state. What do you think though? You might've been anticipating some downturn. In fact, there's been a, 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 I hate this word, upswing, Um, but what, why, what, what made that happen?
1: Well, I think what happened is a lot of people had in-person trainings that they were planning to do, particularly over the summer, perhaps, and all of a sudden, you know, everything was canceled and they still wanted Yes, okay. to train uh, yep. to, to to do the certification during a certain amount of time. Yep. At the same time, you know, Yoga Alliance did a total 180, and after not mm-hmm. sanctioning the 200 and 300 RYT credential online, suddenly the you know said that's fine. So that really, I think, let the floodgates open because you know a lot of people. uh, don't have a, you know, don't care about Yoga Alliance, but some people do. And that was a difficulty for them trying to choose the online path. Mm -hmm. So that's the second thing. And then I think the third thing is that all of a sudden everyone was using Zoom. Everyone was seeing how kind of legitimate... Uh, online is for you know remote work for it just kind of accelerated so it's it 's almost comical because so much of my yoga teacher training brochure and the information we try to provide people with in the past has been about um, helping them understand how intimate and interactive our online trainings are and how online is so valid in terms of a way to, to learn. I mean, not just yoga, but anything. I mean, my, my sister did her nurse practitioner's degree for goodness sake online. Right. So, um, looking at that material now it's comical <laughs> because that's not even something I need to convince people of anymore. Right. Uh, yeah. there's a whole part of my curriculum, Amy, where we teach people how to use zoom. We have a <laughs> lot built into the, to the program, helping people get, um, just comfortable speaking to people over a camera. Uh-huh. I've eliminated all of that from the curriculum. Like everyone knows how to use Zoom. Like we don't even need to do that uh, piece of the training anymore, you know, because everyone's just now interacting this way. So it's just normalized everything. And I, and I think that's why we've, we've seen the demand for the trainings increase in this period.
0: I love that. And I also think there's something in here um, again, to just tease out a little more because I know I've, I speak to, as you can imagine, the same for you, a lot of yoga teachers all the time and a message that I'm hearing is, okay, well, maybe, Amy, I will go online but now now I, I'm just me and now everybody's online and why on earth would someone pick me over all of the other people that you now have access to? What I'm hearing you say is the world went, you've been online forever, then the world went online and you, and you received you know more students, not fewer. So what would you say to somebody who's thinking that it's not worthwhile starting to teach online or grow a YouTube channel because they'll get lost in the noise? What do you say to someone who says, but who's going to be interested in me when suddenly the whole world is there?
1: Right. Well, I mean, each of us as a yoga teacher has a unique voice and a unique audience we're serving through that voice. An example I always like to give with this is, you know, I had a yoga teacher. I went to yoga classes for years, obviously, like everyone. And the way one teacher taught pigeon one day in a specific moment changed my life. I mean, she just talked about it in this completely different way. And I think I... it's such a vivid moment that's really seared in my memory. And I use it as an example because it's like something you say that comes through your unique body and vibration and your channeling of the teachings Mm -hmm. is going to reach someone in a way that I never will be able to or that you, Amy, never will be able to. It's like Mm -hmm. a unique moment. Um, And your students need to hear things through you. So a lot of what I work with my students on is like really understanding that your tribe The people who need healing from you are waiting for you. They're waiting for you to step up. They're waiting for you to share. And this whole thing of, like, why would anyone want to hear what I have to say or get lost? You know, like, we can have all those same excuses in person, too. I mean, I did for years. I was like completely afraid to use my voice. Why would anyone want to hear what I have to say? There's so many great yoga teachers who are better than me. I mean, that's just all mindset stuff that you need to break through. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of online, the sooner, the better. I think, you know, I would love for all yoga teachers to have both. And I've been preaching this for you know years: have online, have in person, have retreats. Diversify your business. Uh, it's really important, and now it's just mandatory. Yeah. So I think what I'd love to invite a lot of your listeners to think about is you know beyond just teaching live classes or free live classes, which was great. I mean, I loved everyone doing that in the moment when mm. you know we. The midst of crisis, and it's a great way to just begin and get experience. But to now think a little bit more strategically about not just how do I teach live, but how do I build a sustainable digital asset that's going to meet my revenue goals over time for me and my family to really take this seriously. Because in this kind of great pause that we're in, you're maybe not running the retreats that you're normally running or running around to all the studios that you're usually going to. And instead of just teaching live all the time, it's really a beautiful opportunity to think about what specific niche do I want to help? And how can I create a digital product that's going to serve them and be an asset that I can use my whole life?
0: So everybody who's listening, I just want to declare that I did not tell Brett to say that before we started speaking, because I did not (laughs) agree with you more. Uh, we can just stop now and I'll just replay that section in the recording like three times over so everybody gets it. Just in case people are listening going, well, that sounds good. Yes, yes. Oh, hang on. She said the word digital asset and I freaked out. Give us a <laughs> account. What are you talking about?
1: Oh, what am I talking about when yeah, I... like, So there's so people asset. in my
0: community who, you know, and rightly so, celebrated their success when they started a Zoom account and started... To, like that was a massive sort of, you know, that was a giant leap forward for them, regards their uh, rapport, if you like, with technology. And so there's some people who will be listening who kind of sort of get what you're talking about, but might not quite be there yet. If we're thinking about digital assets, what does that mean? Give me an example, a couple of examples of what that might look like.
1: Sure. A digital asset could look like a a book that you write, an ebook. It could look like a digital course. One way I like to think of digital assets is that they they really leverage your time, or they help you facilitate bigger groups where your time is. So, for example, in my trainings, we have a digital product that people get tons of pre recorded content mm-hmm. on anatomy of me with other really famous yoga teachers. Um, so that's a huge part of what they get. But then we use that to leverage our time together in person. So it's a hybrid of both pre-recorded and live. So all that, that I pre-recorded, which was a big investment back when I did it, uh, and felt quite scary to be honest. Uh, cause I, you know, took out a lot of money. I was, I took a huge risk. <laughs> um, but now that's a digital asset that instead of having to teach all that and bring all those teachers, you know, to fly in with me every single time, it just exists and I can use it for the rest of my life. So it doesn't have to be a video course. I think you know that's such a clear example since we've seen the online mm-hmm. learning space blow up and you know yoga teachers that like make sense, right? Like, oh, okay, a video course. But I like to encourage people don't be limited by that because it could definitely be a book that you write, an ebook mm-hmm. or a PDF. Uh, it could combine, you know, your knowledge of yoga with, I know a lot of people in my community and probably yours too. It's like they're multi-talented, right? So they perhaps know a lot about nutrition or Reiki or massage and as well as yoga, right? Mm-hmm. Or like one, this one woman in my 300 training, she, she's this really like incredible real estate agent mogul and a yoga teacher. And she's like fusing that and trying to bring yoga to other real estate agents. I mean, it's just incredible, right? Right. So to really think about uh, what's, what's like an interesting product you could put together that doesn't require you teaching live every single time, but still lets you serve the population that you, you want to serve. Yeah. And that could also be audio tracks. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. For sure, Um,
1: a lot of my trainings and in my uplifted membership is me speaking over powerpoints. We make the powerpoints very pretty, so it's like (laughs) not not so boring. Like don't picture that, but it's it's a very effective (laughs) medium because they can see all the Sanskrit words or the sutra that I'm dissecting or whatever. And uh, so yeah, like I I just I'm trying to give people examples that like Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be yoga classes,
0: right? Or videos. It it can be all sorts of interesting things. So good. Perfect. Thank you. Um, changing direction for a moment. This, because per, this is actually just Amy wants to know. Uh, so if you've been teaching online and doing YTTs online, not only just at the entry level, but 300 hours as well. Up until recently, that hasn't been recognized as a, and I'm not seeking to be offensive. And if we were impressed, you'd see that I'm using my fingers yet legitimate way of teaching people yoga. I'm not a fan personally of the sort of accreditation system, whatever. Um, but a lot of people are. I, it just seems very gutsy to me that you decided to go out and offer these things knowing that what some people seem to be the peak body wouldn't regard your materials as, as high a quality as that delivered in person. I think it's very bold of you to go out and do this anyway.
1: It was very difficult at the time. Really? What, how it unfolded is... I started my membership first, what I've been referring to as this uplifted community. And yeah. the people in it told me they wanted an online teacher training. Yeah, I yeah. started doing the research and the investigation to find out if I could get it through Yoga Alliance. And you know what I learned is that if it's in person, no problem. Mm-hmm. But if it's online, no. Yeah. So I came back to everyone with this information, but many of them told me they still wanted to take it. Yeah, totally. Uh, because they had no other... Option like they they like nurse. I have so many nurses and doctors take my training because they can't facilitate. Like for them, the scheduling for Uh the in person option is never going to happen. I have so many mothers, especially mothers of young kids. Lots of people in the military, people who live in very remote areas, Uh people who have disabilities and literally can't even get to uh, an in person. So. It was surprising to me because people were saying, well, we want to do the training with you, you know, because yeah. they, they trusted me and they loved what we were doing and Uplifted because I was doing a lot of like yoga teacher training-esque education in uh-huh. there uh-huh. early. Yep. Um, so to be honest, Amy, I was really skeptical. I was like, <laughs> so what I decided to do, because back then I was teaching a lot in person as well, as I said, you know what, I'm going to do everything by the book yoga alliance. So I'm going to get the curriculum approved. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go mm-hmm. through all the approvals and I have run an in-person version of what's taught mm-hmm. in line several yep. times. So I was able to tell people, look, the curriculum's exactly the same. It's the same mm-hmm. yoga alliance curriculum for whatever that's worth, which I personally don't think, uh, I don't think they do a very good job monitoring or, uh, Really enforcing anything that they put out there, but mm-hmm. you know, for for what it's worth, we meet everything. It's just because we're online, we can't do it. And you know, initially, I did get hate from people. Really? Uh, I had my graduates, who many were very successful, but said occasionally they'd mention they did a training online, and you know, people would scoff at them yeah, or right. roll their eyes or, or say that it was completely uh, like ridiculous or illegitimate. I had. Uh, definitely some backlash. That's normal. Anytime you're an early, an innovator, a disruptor to anything. I mean, that's the the reality. So while it was painful in the moment, um, you know, looking back now and then the irony that right, you know, the moment, (laughs) (laughs) the moment, everything came to, came to head Yoga Alliance was just like, online's great. We love it. We've always loved it. Um, so you know, I I think when you're, when you're early to market, there's always going to be dissent and there's always going to be risk. And those were definitely, you know, things that I, I had to navigate.
0: I think you're wonderful. Honestly, I, I really do think businesswoman to businesswoman, it was gutsy as fuck that you did that. And I think it's awesome. And, um, really bold. Uh, And and what do you think, this is what I find is going to be curious. And I know a lot of people who are um, sort of talking with the British wheel of yoga in the UK, like when things open up again, then it's no, it was all right for you to go online for a period, but then you need to go back in person. It just seems illogical that something can be okay at certain times and then suddenly not okay. What do you think is going to happen with the do you think now everybody will be able to offer from the get-go? Pandemic, be damned, accredited through whichever body YTT, or do you think it's going to bounce back?
1: Well, I think in person's always wonderful. I mean, my goal mm-hmm. has never been to, you know, get. To, to try to like get rid of in person trainings. I mean, I love in person trainings yeah. and you know, I just serve the market of people
0: who can't make them happen. So well, I do I gotta, hope. No, hang on a sec, i got to pull you up on that one. You serve the market of people who can't do that, but you also serve the market of people who want to study with you regardless. Do you know what
1: yes, I mean? Yes, and it's not just me, right, Amy? Like, I mean, my 300 yes. hour training has Anadea Judith. PhD who's written every book that everyone knows about the chakras, the uh, fascial portion uh, of 200 hours taught by Tom Myers, who's the world authority Mm -hmm. on fascia. So again, when you choose online, Mm -hmm. you're choosing an asset that you can watch for life, rewatch. I mean, I'd do anything to be able to like retake, rewatch some of my favorite lectures from my first 200 hour training that I took in the early 2000s. That would be incredible. Yeah. So they're choosing that and then they're choosing, you know, Best-selling Ooh. authors potentially, right? As the people who are teaching them. Yeah. Um, to, to go back to your original question, mm-hmm. you know what I've heard, which I don't know. So this is completely speculative, okay. Okay. but just between everybody. I've heard. <laughs> yeah so no one, no one can quote me on this, but you know, the the rumors that I've heard or the sources that I have have, to, have uh, led me to believe that Yoga Alliance will be sanctioning online uh, permanently, but they're gonna regulate it. So then a big question becomes, you know what's that gonna look like? Will the training format as 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 I run it right now uh, will I need to tweak it or change it? I think our training's probably better set up than Mm. other online training offerings because I'm the only one that I know of that has made it interactive since 2015. I mean, all the others are more like your traditional digital course where you just watch videos at home. You know, my program, everyone's live on Zoom, practice teaching. We're doing lectures. You know, we build off the pre-recorded content and then we're live three times a week. So, I mean, it's very intimate. So, I think we'll see some governing bodies uh, sanctioning it, but coming in to regulate it, you know, to, to be seen what that will mean. Um, and I think a good, you know, chunk of people will go go back to in-person and and that's wonderful. I can't wait to go on a yoga retreat. <laughs> and um and and you know no matter what, I stay optimistic because I think that people will have had so many powerful experiences learning on Zoom during this period or like just again the whole distance learning thing has just been so accelerated Mm -hmm. and people just can't deny that it's not (laughs) valid anymore. Mm -hmm. So I think people will just be so much more open to the idea of online, even even after this is all over, is my personal
0: take. Yeah, I agree. I'm hopeful for that too. And I wonder if it also is going to open up a beautiful opportunity for yoga teachers who have been teaching for a while. Maybe they've done sort of 500 hours-ish of training and they're at that you know 10 years in where it's time for them to step into more of the mentoring role, I can really see this opportunity for people who have done an online course and now need to would desire to actually sit at the foot of someone a little further down the road than them, just sort of plug it into... Because I think you're right. I, I think that it sounds like your course is somewhat of an anomaly and that I imagine a lot of yoga teacher trainings are more mm, self-paced learning. Yes, exactly. And yeah. and And I think... There might be a space coming in the market where people who have done that sort of training now want to really interact with someone on a personal level to kind of plug it all in. It could be a whole new opportunity for yoga, those sort of senior yoga teachers who want, who have reached the point, you know, you'll know this when you're at the point in your yoga teaching career where you sort of go into yoga teacher trainer, like the teacher's teacher, or you sort of move into mentoring, but you just actually can't teach that many classes a week anymore. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. I love that idea. I love that idea. I think everything is like, it's the wild West. There is yeah. so much opportunity, whether it's that, or, you know, I'm trying to get all my, uh, 300, 500 hour grads to start like sacred circles, like niche Ooh, circles based yeah. on interest groups online yes, with, yes. you know, pre-recorded and, and like, it's really your imagination's the limit. So I know it's been like a disheartening time for lots of people. I know it, Feels overwhelming, but try to stay positive because I've always really preached that entrepreneurship is the number one way for yoga teachers to create wealth and to impact the world in a bigger way. And there's never been a better time to be an entrepreneur in this age of the internet. Well, now it's like the, the, courses and online teaching you're going to put Mm -hmm. out there. People are, you don't even have to do the work I had. First of all, I mean, it's so funny when I, when, when I work with my students, because I'm just like, Oh yep just use this software. And it's your email and your landing page and your your checkout cart, everything in one, you know, when I started Amy, that didn't exist. Like I had to hook up all these hookups and hire all these people. I mean, it has never been easier everyone to, to just launch your business, to create a website. I mean, it's like every year, the barrier, uh, to, to, to be able to go into business online just becomes easier and easier where you need practically zero technical skills. I mean, this is really exciting. Uh, so I hope people get, you know, super pumped up about who they want to serve I do think having a niche, if you're mm-hmm. going to, you know, teach online mm-hmm. is helpful, you know, cause it helps you stand out. Mm-hmm. You know, you talked about like the market feeling oversaturated. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think it's really important to pick who in particular you're serving. We work a ton on that in my 300 hour, right? Who's your ideal student, um, and it needs to be specific <laughs> and they need to have a pain point, right. That they're willing to work with you or pay you to, to help solve. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the kind of generic that works, I think better in person, cause it's like, usually you don't know who's going to walk into the door and come into your class at 4 PM. Right. So mm-hmm. you really kind of need to be ready for anything that works well in person. But what I found works better online is being more
0: specific yes. about who you want to serve. I agree. I've got. I'm conscious of time, but there's two more things I want to ask you a little bit about, if that's okay. Sure. The first thing is you mentioned earlier that when you were when you you know you convene this incredibly powerful faculty and these trainings. Once people take your training, they have ongoing access to them to be able to go back and relearn things. And I know f- being with some of my teachers. It takes a a few iterations of the same teaching until it kind of gets, I get it and, oh, okay, now I can apply it. Um, But you you mentioned just offhand that it was a a big investment for you. One of the things that I'm seeing some yoga teachers in my community wrestle with is they're at the point of, oh, now I have to get the paid version. Now they're asking me for the upgrade. Now I'm going to have to buy a real microphone. Like they're at this tipping point of kind of, you know, (laughs) it's time to invest, but they're fearful and what I, I get this vibe from you. You even mentioned it about your PowerPoints. That they're beautiful. I, there's no scrapping together of things here. I get the sense from you that if you're going to make something, you actually invest in yourself and the product in order to get it to the level that you desire it to be. I wonder if you could talk a little bit, maybe particularly for those people who are at that point of, I don't know, am I worth? is my business worth spending a bit of money on? Should I, should I do this or should I keep trying to sort of be cheap with myself?
1: Mm, mm. What a great question! I understand the struggle. I mean, what? A couple of things. So when it comes to equipment, you know, it's funny because I used to buy like the cheapest version of everything, like the cheapest mic and the cheapest, and then it would always be a disaster. And so then I'd always end up buying the original expensive thing I wanted anyway. <laughs> Uh, but after I'd already spent money on like the $100 thing, <laughs> yeah. so then I'd buy the $700 mic and then I'd be out $800 instead of just getting it, you know. So, you know, there I started figuring out pretty quickly that like it just didn't pay to be cheap when I knew the quality of, you know, the product and what I wanted to deliver. Mm. Um, you know, even just like tip for everyone I don't recommend getting, you know, microphones and Uh, professional lights and any camera equipment on Amazon. It's not the place, you know, you want to go to B&H or Andorama, some of these like professional suppliers. Uh, They also have really great customer service and they'll talk to you about exactly what you need. I think, you know, everyone ultimately has to make a decision about, and again, I talk about this in my 300 hour, but like, is this a hobby for you? Mm -hmm. Is it a job and a career or is it what, I call it jobby, which is where you're like half in half out, you know, you're like half, this is a hobby and, uh, half, this is a job. And if that's where you are, you know, that's probably why you're struggling to make some of these decisions because you haven't really fully committed yes. Yes. to be in business, right? If you haven't fully committed to being in business with the vision and things you're going to test out and try, and you definitely have to give yourself permission to fail because most entrepreneurs fail A lot and it takes them two years to be profitable. I had two companies I started that failed before I Mm. began this venture and it took me two years to become profitable. So I mean, Mm. these are like the realistic stats. Um, So I think people have to take a cold, hard look at those and be like, okay, am I in this for the long haul? Am I really going to be in business and you know, take full responsibility for all that comes with that, knowing that there's probably going to be a lot of failure, Mm -hmm. that there's going to be, you know, potentially not profit for two years. Mm -hmm. Um, or do I want to just keep this as, as a hobby? And that's fine too. I mean, I always empower people to like, if you just want to keep your day job or keep whatever you're doing and just teach yoga on the weekends or donation classes or like, that is a completely valid choice. But I think a lot of times people aren't honest enough with themselves And then they're just in this no man's land and they feel bad about themselves that they don't have a successful business. And it's like, well, of course you don't because building a business is like gut-wrenching hard work and takes 110, like you have to be 110% in. So um, I would just encourage people to think about that, do some journaling, you know, get really clear on your vision. And of course it's scary. I mean, every stage is scary, but that's what makes it fun and
0: uh, <laughs> helps you grow as a person, you know? So oh, I love
1: it. I, it I love it. Other way.
0: So inspiring. Okay, last question. Um, you've been doing this for a while now. You said before that you took your first teacher training in the early 2000s. You studied with some great people. You've been you know, building up your channel, offering these trainings, building up your membership site. This is not a, you're not a flash in the pan. You're not one of these people who just went Shazam. You've really been working at this. How do you stay inspired?
1: Mm, What a great question. You know, it's from my personal practice, the coming back to like that daily sadhana. uh, I, for me, you know, when I talk about this in the teacher trainings, it's all about your direct experience as a teacher. So for me, Mm. I experience a powerful meditation or I try something in a different way I get excited and it's like, I have to share it. Um, So really it's like my own, my own journey and everything I teach is like everything I'm telling myself all day. (laughs) So whether it's like to be courageous in your business or, you know, focus more on alignment instead of range and certain postures, like these are the things I'm just always telling myself. I just happen to share them and talk to them about, talk to them with other people as well. So I think, you know, for anyone who's lacking inspiration, it's like, come back to your mat, come back to your own journaling and meditation practice, Mm -hmm. share what's working for you. You know, I always say in teacher trainings, people are like, well, can I even do your teacher training? I can't do headstand. I'm like, yes, being able to do headstand has nothing to do with being a good yoga teacher. Mm -hmm. I mean, being a good yoga teacher is all about compassion and effective cueing and, you know, a strong understanding of anatomy and helping people stay safe and you know, explore their bodies in a safe environment it has nothing to do with like how hard poses can you do hard in quotes, right? Yes. Because um, what I define as hard and advanced is completely different. So, yes. um, you know, coming, come back to your own direct experience because I just say teach from your own direct experience. If you don't practice those asana, just don't teach them, right? If you don't like to chant, don't teach chanting. You need to teach what's working for you. And, mm for me, you know, because business and life is so crazy. I'm constantly trying to find new things that work to calm me down. So I'm always inspired, right? Because I'm, I'm finding and figuring out, you know, new things as I go. So,
0: yeah. That's really good. I I always say to, often say rather to people that you're allowed to just learn new things, not because you can go and add it to your business. You're allowed to go and learn new things and study and be with great people for pleasure. Like, Just because you want to, that's reason enough to pursue uh, more training to keep your cup topped up. Speaking of which, this has been an interview that's done exactly that. Thank you so much for sharing all of that good stuff with us. I want you to come back. There's so many more things I want to talk to you about. Wonderful. Well, maybe
1: we can do that. Thank you so much for having me on and so many blessings to everyone in your community, everyone who's listening. I'm honored you're here to the very end. So sending you all a lot of love.
0: Well, we need to, that's, that's great. And people need to know where they can continue to stalk you because I'm pretty sure that lots of people are, I'm going to, my inbox is going to fill up with people telling me how much they love this episode. Tell us all of the places, where do we go to get more you?
1: So very simple. The best place is just my website. It's my name.com. So Brett Larkin, B-R-E-T-T-L-A-R-K-I-N. You could also Google my name or Google Uplifted Yoga. And on the website is everything, all the social media links and links to all the trainings and the uplifted membership, which is a great way to just kind of dip your toe in the water if you're thinking wow. about doing a bigger training. So yeah,
0: that's And it. Uh, like your PowerPoints, your website, beautiful. Oh, thank you. <laughs>
1: I want to revise it. That's the thing. Everyone <laughs> always says, Fred, I'm so excited I finished my website. And I say, you're going to want to redo it in six months because that's what's happened to me for the past eight years. <laughs> So um, you know, and and I say that to you know, just put out the non-perfect version, yeah, right? Because yeah. it's it's just gonna keep evolving as you evolve and your messaging evolves and who you're serving evolves. So just put it out there.
0: <laughs> Golden. Thanks, Britt. Thank you.